0: This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Hello and welcome to Growing You, Growing Your Business with me, Tony Walker. Now today, I'm just going to break straight into it because it just gives me so much great pleasure and working with a bloody good buddy of mine um next what can i say look nick um as a fellow broadcaster uh, on radio kidnappers i know you have your own little radio slot here too i right. have been doing it for a long time so i've got a lot to learn from this fella he's <laughs> he's well versed in this sort of stuff so um it's an absolute pleasure just to be in your space once uh, once again uh we uh We've been working together for uh, for a little while now, and it's just, I guess, for me, just just being in your space, it's always always very special for me. Uh, I actually learn a great deal from you just observing you.
1: So, mate, just tell the audience,
0: tell them what makes you tick. What?
1: What makes me tick? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, firstly, I should just say thank you for those kind words. Um, um, like. And it's great to be here with you. So, what makes me tick? Uh, well, I, I I like making things work. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like I like helping people, and I like to formulate like a strategy and a concept and see it come to fruition and to see it realised. Um. I don't know. I've always been I've always been a bit of a tinkerer like that. I like to and I'm also. I like to get the last little bit. In other words, I'm not – it's they're kind of a little bit of that kind of perfectionist. I really like to see something done well, uh, and it frustrates me if it's not. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, yeah just as <laughs> I, I am who I am. Yeah.
0: And, and again, just, in, just, just watching how you go through that process mm-hmm. um, and being ex-military myself, um, you are actually a very, 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 very detailed planner. And that I see that as a huge strength of yours. And this is what you know we need more in this country: is that ability to lead and to plan and to actually action plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you know some people uh, don't quite see uh, the, the end product as well as as the as the true leaders do. And sometimes our communications has to be a little bit more direct just to get the point across. Um, but when it happens, then as we say, you know, we can make shit happen. Yeah, and that's what it's about Yeah, and for me, just seeing that um, you going through that 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 process is again. Uh, it's. I think you should have been in the military, my my friend. Being yeah. in the military, <laughs> 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 but <that's> a, <laughs> by the by. So, so tell me about the Stewart Group. You know, um, sure. yeah. What's what's what what's the Stuart Group all about, <clears throat> friend?
1: So it's uh, it's a family business that yeah. my father set up. Uh, in January, we will clock over our 35th uh, anniversary, so wow. it's it's a great milestone. Um, it's it's built on uh, family values um, mm. of um, kinship uh, and stewardship and helping people. Uh, we just happen to help people in the area of of, um, of financial services, mm. which is kind of funny because I often think, you know, so um, my our surname Stuart. Is actually um, comes from the word steward because our family were the financial controllers to the kings of Scotland a long, long time ago, like try, um, you know, over a thousand years ago, that's what they did. And so that's where the word steward comes from, as in household steward. And a household steward looked after the finances and the books, made sure that everything balanced uh, and everything was provisioned and, yeah. Wow. So I always find that kind of interesting, that this is this is kind of what my father and I uh, have done. And so I guess you could say kind of runs in our DNA. <laughs>
0: it was always meant to be. Yeah, yeah. So, so have you then literally fitted into that, what was meant to be, quite naturally for you?
1: Very, very. I knew from a very young age um, that I wanted to be in financial services, that I specifically wanted to, at some stage, um, come into the family business and ultimately, um, you know, be a driver and have influence in that business and dad and i were able to make that happen um which was absolutely fabulous but but i knew with absolute clarity what i wanted to do when i've told the story before so please excuse any listener that's heard this before (laughs) and maybe they can go away and make a cup of coffee (laughs) while i cover this (laughs) but it was where as a kid i would take a a 20 a 20 cent piece to school and i would phone my broker to find out about what stocks were transacting that day and there was always a particular company that I always liked to have shares in and I'd watch it and how it traded and it was a company called Donaghy's and Donaghy's was actually the oldest listed company on the stock exchange until it was taken over um, by the management team but uh, it makes, uh, it manufactured, well it owned um, Ferry down so you buy a ski uh-huh. jacket or a sleeping bag or a tent uh, there was Donaghy's Rope So I always made sure that my ski jackets were, uh, when I was younger and I skied a lot, I would have um, a Ferry Down ski jacket, I'd have a Ferry Down sleeping bag, a Ferry Down tent, because I really wanted to support the (laughs) company that I had shares in. And then whenever we redid the crayfish pots uh, at the beach every year, I'd always make sure it had to have Donaghy's rope. Because it's just one of those things, you know, if you have shares in the company, at a very young age I worked that out. and So I would take a coin to school and and I, I, just, it, I just found it stimulating, just stocks wow. and how they transact uh, and the governance um, and, and, you know, like the cash flows, the dividend stream. Yeah. Um, at back in the day, there used to be a lot more share splits and consolidations than there are today. Um, but I just loved it. I just loved it. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I guess like a finance weirdo nerd type dude, but I just really, really liked uh, the stock market and investing.
0: Yeah. But but, but in, and interestingly as well, because it, it is obviously your passion and so the industry has to be regulated to make sure that it all gets done correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this 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 regulations that that's currently happening now for FAPs and all yeah, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well,
1: yeah, well you so that's a financial advice provider license. Yes, right. a FAP. Yep.
0: Yeah. So is is, is that detracting uh, from what you do best, or is it just one of those things? It's a necessary <clears throat> evil that you have to go through. Oh, mate! Look, it's <laughs> it's just
1: um, it's just like you know, it's like going out cycling and yeah. there's just a little bit of a headwind. Hey, you know, if if you're used to cycling, then a headwind's no big deal. You just push through it. It just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, as a kid when I would um, do ski a lot of ski racing and a lot of competitions. Some days the track was icy, so be it. Just get on with it. Yeah, That's yeah. what you were trained for. Yeah, yeah. So for me, regulation's just part of playing the game. It's a little bit like the rugby union putting out new rules for the players. You know, some new tackling mandate. That's just the rules of the game. Get on with it. Yeah. yeah. So for us, I like to embrace regulation and change because it's just part of being a good financial advisor and a good steward of people's capital.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense, of course. You know, you have to have some sort of regulatory uh, authority over the way in which we do our business. Mm. Um, and I know that there's perhaps some other industries, or not industries, but ind- uh, companies that are perhaps complaining a wee bit, you know, that there's so much in the way of compliance to do. But as you say, you know, this is needs must. It's a short-term um, thing.
1: Well. I can understand why some people have concerns about it whereby they don't have economies of scale. Because whenever you bring down a regulatory regime onto an industry, um, the benefits and the costs do not fall evenly. Mm. Uh, and there's never been an, there's never ever been an industry or one that's been subject to um, regulation that would say, oh, that was fair. Yeah. They will all say, "Hey, I got you know, I paid more than that person, or I I I got a disproportionate load of burden in terms of admin." That I get, and there are some people where they are a single shingle, they are a single advisor with maybe one support staff member. Well, they now have a huge amount of compliance and admin to do to be an advisor, but. That is just the cost of being in business and being in this particular sector. And it may mean that over the years, uh, in the years ahead, there will be less single-shingle advisors. And I can remember when I toured the United Kingdom in the early 2000s, and I'd go over and talk to my friends in this particular industry. um, Because, of course, you know, I'd become friends with a lot of dad's friends, and then I'd meet new people at conferences and uh, industry think tanks. So I'd have this wide... Uh, dispersion of ages and businesses that I would be spending time with. Well, in the United Kingdom, you know, prior to their regulation that we're kind of going through, there were 100, as I understand it, 128,000 independent advisors. It was the largest boutique advisory market in the world per head of capital. Wow. Well, after regulation, it dropped down to about 16,000. <laughs> okay, so, 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 look, wow. regulatory, but, but that was just because a lot of people were slightly older. Yep. And decided they didn't want to go through that hurdle of regulatory reform yeah. and the requirements and the changes in the profession. And there were others that just said, hey, this is just too hard on my own. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, to be boutique and niche, you needed scale. Now, there aren't that many single shingle practitioners that have the scale to stay on their own. So most form up with another business to form a much more sustainable business that has economies of scale. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah. Hey, many industries have been through this. Yeah, yeah. And I just
0: say, no, it's, it's it's there for a reason, just yeah. to see that you are doing it as per the rules of the game. Totally. Okay, so that's what it is. Yep. Fantastic. So, mm. but there's an area, I guess, of the Stuart Group that um, I was pleasantly surprised about, and that's your, your push for sustainability. Yeah. Now, you know, you're an investment company. And what on earth? Has sustainability got to do with investment strategies and stuff like that? Mm.
1: Well, i like to take it almost one step further as well because there's the way that we deploy capital into the markets and that we can do that in a very, very sustainable fashion. So we can engage, let's say hypothetically, a million-dollar portfolio into the markets where we can reduce the carbon emissions from that portfolio by 80%. So in other words, the types of companies we buy, we will smash down the emissions by 80%. It is absolutely huge. What we can do when we allocate a million dollars in a sustainable way will dwarf what you could do with your own hands. You could, you could compost and recycle for your entire lifetime and you will never get close to what we can do in a single year with your million dollars. I mean, the numbers are phenomenal. In fact, I was listening to a, a podcast on it the other day and it was a sustainability guru in the UK and his wife was chastising him because he didn't do the recycling that day. And he just said, that is so small fry versus what we can do with our capital and our vehicle acquisitions and what we do for global travel. So, But she said, yeah, but you should always start with the pennies and the pennies will look after the dollars. And he was like, yeah, 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 you are right. I do need to recycle. But he was just saying a lot of people are dealing with the small end of town, whereas if they decided to change the way they travelled for their warm winter holiday, Mm. that is where there's a big, big footprint on the environment. So for us as a business, we looked at what we could do with how we deploy capital because we're really good at deploying capital. It's a scientific, evidence-based approach, very, very rooted in academia on the way that we do it. So it's robust. There's no guesswork. It's a robust, proven, uh, deliverable. And it's measurable. But then you say, well, what do we actually do as a business? Because if I deploy that, it's a little bit like, imagine if I was the, um, if I was the ear, nose, and throat specialist at the DHB, but I was a chain smoker. So I'm really, really good at helping you out with your conditions, but at the same time, um, you can smell from, you know, two doors away that, um, you know, I've just been outside and had a cigarette. Well, the fact is that if I'm deploying in our business and our family, if we're deploying capital, then people are going to say to us, well, do you guys actually walk the talk? You know, know, what do you do? So we wanted to take an approach from um, a root and stem approach from the ground up. So we looked at our carbon emissions, uh, our water management, uh, our deliverables to the community, what we do as people in terms of our civic values and what what outputs that we we deliver. And we wanted to build it from the ground up. So we looked at it and said, well, you know, roughly 70% of the emissions that we generate are at work. So when you and I go to the office, our respective offices, most of our carbon footprint is going to be at the office because we've got printers, computers, air mm-hmm. conditioning running, scanners, you know, big servers, you name it. Everything runs at the office. Whereas at home, it's actually quite light because you know, say, let's say you get up at six, you're out the door by seven forty-five, um, you get back and it's um, five forty-five, and let's say you turn the lights off at nine. Well, you're hardly even there. Most yeah. of the time you're asleep. So if you think then you go, okay, so therefore for our team um, and our family members that work in the business, that means that most of the footprint that we have on the planet is going to be at work. So therefore, let's work on work. So that's why we um, sold our internal combustion engines, went to EVs. We reduced our... Um, emissions through energy in terms of electricity we self-generate 70 percent of our power every day through our solar system that we have yeah it's it's epic the way that it works and we only charge the evs so the the german inverters that we have the computer system that runs it will only allow us to charge the vehicles on a sunny day so we never go onto the grid the cars will not be charged on wow. anything from Huntley. No dirty coal from Huntley. So, in other words, from the grid. So it works. It's just thinking. It's just my, And you know how I said at the start how I like to make things work? Mm-hmm. We can kind of see that that kind of that personal and, you know, the, the mantra that Don and I have about making things work. Yep. We've brought that through in terms of our sustainability strategy. We also wanted to actually have – it's like, effectively like a, an initiative or a movement so we actually trademarked the word simply sustainable. That actually came through about 10 days ago. So we that's trademarked nice. for the use of our group across financial services in New Zealand. So we wanted people to think about it. We're very, very open in sharing with other advisors and other businesses who we utilize to make this happen, how it works, what the outputs look like, what the inputs in terms of the cost because people say what did it cost and i'll be like oh well you know the solar system was you know like 80 grand and the ev system was like you know 18 grand and this is the this is the payback period this is the yield this is what we've got coming up so you know i'm happy to share because i think that if what we're doing that other people can do it will be massive i mean we've so just take it one step back we got our so it took, a, it took a, th- a few months to get the inverters connecting through to the mm. lines company. Yeah. But once we did, the bills were coming through, and they were very, very light because, of course, we, we um, export a little bit of power and we don't use much of the grid. But over the three months, if you exclude the fiscal cost, so in other words, paying the invoice, if we look at the actual units of power, we were a net exporter. So over the period of August, September, October – we had some really sunny months. Yeah, I know we had a little bit of rain in um, mid-September. But aside from that, we ex- we were net exporters of units. Now, the only reason why I got a bill was the fact that when we consume off the grid, we're paying about $0.26. Cents. When we export, we get 12 So you can imagine overnight when there's no sun, we're paying away at um, $0.26. Cents. And then during the day when we're exporting all this power, we're generating 12 Yeah, But on an actual unit basis our footprint is zero, which is, wow. uh, look, I didn't quite think it was going to be that good. That so it's it's pretty impressive. But at the same time, we've been lowering down our uh, electricity consumption because a lot of people, when they put in a solar system, they just go, well, you know, t- you know turn the fridge down to negative four, uh, you know, have the air conditioning running whenever the sun's up. Whereas we were like, no, no, we won't do that. We will further optimize what we're doing. So we've pushed further. So... We've done things like we were using about uh, on a yearly basis, in terms of hand, hand tails, 247 kilometers worth of hand a year. That's just in the toilets and in the kitchens, because we've got two kitchens and about four toilets. And that was just the amount of hand tails we were using. So we said, well, we've got the sun that we're harnessing, beautiful Hawkes Bay sun, converting it into electricity. We're there during the day, so we've put in all these energy-efficient and very, very whisper-quiet hand dryers. So we've reduced, we believe we can reduce the 247 kilometres down to 30 kilometres of hand towels. Wow. Just little things, just small incremental steps. And we've got some other initiatives we've got coming up where we're thinking about how we can make things a little bit better and more efficient coming up. So, but we're happy to share with people how we do it and how the EV charging system works. Yep. We're shortly about to make that available to the public on the weekends. And then all of the excess revenue that we earn when people put their credit card onto the app to charge, we want to give that away to a local youth-based, wow. cha- youth-based charity. Because, look, look it's, we don't need that capital. Because the project w- is running itself really well, we just think that that extra bit of cream on the cake. Let's give that to some local people who do some really cool things and float a whole lot of the boats. Yeah,
0: it's also interesting. You were saying that, look, you know, it's just over August and September, which is like the winter. Yeah, winter yeah. months. Yeah, know, and you was already generating net. So now oh. we're getting into the proper
1: bring it on <laughs> that's going to be super I can't exciting wait. that's going to be amazing yeah. It's um we've got this really cool little app that we can go onto we can see live all the time what's going on you can go back and look at what's happened yesterday the week prior Yeah, um, you know, it also covers energy management as well not just generation um, so we can see gross um, gross and net and that's really cool and see what the cost of the carbon is it also factors in the EVs as well around um around what they're consuming wow so pretty
0: cool and i guess the 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 bit that really really excites me and 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 i guess just stamps uh, the the stuart group's personality on on, on giving back i guess you know as you were saying that you're quite open and honest to to share that information and everything that that you've gone through to, to to get this and i know I know mm. all the, the trials that you had to go through initially to get it online, but by goodness me, now you're online. It's it's um, it's it's such a an amazing thing to to witness. But for me, also, it was amazing just to watch you going through. Nope, we can do this. We can do this. Anything that was sent in just to knock you sideways, nope, they can do this. And you just <laughs> your guns, my friend. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and that is is just that. That's the bit that I'm. Really privileged, I guess, just to see um, uh, uh, about you, you know, and how you, as you rightly say you stay focused. You stay focused with a passion. So you know, so when when people see uh, Nick on a mission, um, I can honestly say he's on a mission, not just to crush people. Uh, he's on a mission to achieve stuff that to the benefit of others. That yeah. That is the bit that I just really admire about you, my friend.
1: Thank you. Well, and I, you know, I think that part of the thing that you know, I've, I'm in my 21st year of doing this um, as in my um, career with Stewart Group. Um, I started in uh, investment banking prior to that, but in terms of providing retail financial advice to um, the public, I've been doing this for 21 years, and I think it's one of those things where. I think if you're going to do that and you're going to be a, a fiduciary, so I walk in the shoes of our clients. So we're a fee only provider. Um, you know, we mm. we're we're bound as a fiduciary to put their interests ahead of our own. You can't fluff that. You can't fudge it, and you certainly can't do it for two decades. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, part of the reason why we've done that and why we're fiduciaries and why we put ourselves in an effective straitjacket on the way we operate. And, and, you know, provide global best practice like that is because there's longevity in it. Yeah. You get up in the morning and you're like, right, who are we going to help today? And, yeah, you, yep. and you know, like, like this morning when I got up and it's, it's, uh, we're recording today and it's a Monday, and I looked ahead and said, right, I've got, you know, three clients, we're going to have a positive impact on their and their families' world today and what we're doing. Um, so You know, mm. some of them I can have a much bigger impact than others, because some people have just a complex set of affairs, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, be blended families and uh, the quantum of capital will be of a certain level that we can have a really meaningful impact on the legacy that they're going to leave to the community, but also to their children and grandchildren.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, Like I say, just to, yeah, just to be in your space and just to watch and to watch you grow and watch the the Stuart Group grow um, is an absolute pleasure. So, just for the listeners and the Mm. viewers, um, how do they... How do they find you, the Stuart Group?
1: Whereabouts are you? We are at 204 Kadamu Road in Hastings. Mm-hmm. That's the black basalt stone building with the Tartan logo. It's quite hard to miss. <laughs> it's got some solar panels on it now as well. <laughs> or we're on the terrace in Wellington. So we have two locations. All right. And people um, can just phone up and make an appointment and, um Come in and have have a coffee. We make a really good brew. Yes, they do. Not just <laughs> coffee, but also a good beer too. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah, we we <laughs> la- we lay down the occasional ale. We've yeah. got a little wee brewery at the office, and uh, one of our team members is a dab hand. <laughs> along with a little bit of oversight from some of us who have some colourful ideas to add. Like we've added um, Stuart family honey in. Mm. We've added um, you know things like orange peel. Um, yeah. You, amazing stuff we've done and most of the time most of the time (laughs) the beer is good
0: yes that's how we (laughs) met there was over a beer so that was very fortuitous so um, and also what about websites websites how else can they can they get you over there Yeah, well, look,
1: like um, well, they can read uh, my Canny View post mm. every Saturday in the Hawkes Bay Today. They right. can listen every second Tuesday to our Canny View Radio Show here at Kate Kidnappers. Yep. Or you just jump on the web onto the website, which is www.stuartgroup.co.nz. stewartgroup co nz. That is the traditional Scottish spelling: S T E W A R T. And we kept the traditional Scot rather than the French one, which is the S T U A R T. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And this is why this
0: man is all about distinction. And it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you today, my friend, and looking forward to seeing what great things you do in the future. Thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, Cheers, Nate. Everybody. Cheers. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.